Welcome to episode 71 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch Podcast. This is, of course, a podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. Now, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. And if you're brand new, if this is the first episode you've ever listened to, well, it's a great time to join. Allow me to introduce myself first. I'm your host, Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM on all socials. Please, uh, why not reach out to me over on Twitter at Sir Dr. JM or follow me on Instagram at Sir Dr. Dr. JM. I'd love to interact with you, especially on Twitter. Send me a DM, tweet at me, whatever you've got. I'd love to bring questions, comments, concerns, topics, inquiries, whatever you've got to the show, and we can talk about it, whether it's Overwatch League related, whether it's Overwatch 1, Overwatch 2, um, something related to Overwatch in some other way, shape, or form that I haven't mentioned, or just video games in general, because I love video games. But enough about me. Let's talk about this podcast. So, of course, you can find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services out there, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So why not give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, and all that jazz. Now, of course, if you can't get enough of me, you can also catch me over on the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant on the internet, which is also available on podcast services everywhere. On today's episode... We are knee-deep in the Overwatch 2 beta, and we've got some serious details for all our content creators and aspiring content creators out there. We've got a few last-minute roster moves with some Overwatch League teams, and of course, didn't make it into the Overwatch 2 beta yet? Well, no sweat, the Overwatch League's got you covered. All this and more coming right up. So without further ado, let's dive on in. Payloads on the move. All right, so our first story is going to take us on over to DottieSports.com. Over on April 20th, this was an article posted by Ethan Garcia, which reads, Overwatch League debuts YouTube co-streaming for upcoming season. The Overwatch League is looking to grow its audience further with the start of the upcoming season, giving passionate fans and those intrigued a variety of ways to watch the action unfold. In a new blog post, The Owl revealed... It will be instituting a new co-streaming initiative for the upcoming season, which is set to begin on May 5th and played on a build of Overwatch 2. Through co-streaming, viewers will be able to watch the official OWL livestream from the perspective of eligible streamers. Streamers that receive access to co-stream the OWL will be able to do so as soon as opening weekend. Those looking to apply for co-streaming access must do so directly through the official application and must be aware that various factors must be upheld to maintain co-streaming privileges, which can be found at the bottom of the blog post. Co-streaming will only be allowed on YouTube, prohibiting streamers on other platforms from participating. Applications for co-streaming will appear to be given on a weekly basis, with the opening weekend application closing on April 27th. So by the time you're listening to this, it's too late. That's just a little footnote. The blog post also notes the OWL, quote, reserves the right to remove co-streamers from the program at any time should they not abide by the regulations. As this is the first time that the Overwatch League is allowing co-streaming, the team opened a feedback form that will allow those with access to provide insights on their experiences. Not every streamer will be eligible to co-stream live matches. Those that do gain access will be reached via email prior to the start of the weekend's matches. The 2022 Overwatch League season officially kicks off on May 5th. Those looking to watch the official broadcast rather than co-streamers can do so via the Overwatch League's YouTube channel. So there you have it. That's the uh, details or, or a brief look at the co-streaming details for the 2022 OWL Season 5 hype. Um, of course, a little a little bit uh, under lock and key there, as you, as you can tell. You know, you have to be approved. You have to submit an application. Um, seemingly, you'll be approved on a week-to-week basis. A little bit interesting the way they're doing that rather than sort of 
opening the floodgates, but obviously they're trying to control the uh, the message and the content flow that people are getting, right? Um, so I just pulled up the actual link on the Overwatch League uh, webpage. It's overwatchleague.com slash en dash us slash news slash co-streaming. So relatively easy there. Um, if you Google Overwatch League 2022 uh, co-streaming, you'll find it. And they actually list here, we're starting things off with opening weekend. The full match day on Thursday, May 5th, starting at 3 p.m. ET, 12 p.m. PT, will be available to co-stream, and it includes three epic matchups. New York Excelsior versus Los Angeles Gladiators, San Francisco Shock versus Paris Eternal, Florida Mayhem versus Atlanta Rain. So that's actually all they list there. So it sounds like it's just Thursday that's going to be co-streamable for this, this first little bout. I imagine that's kind of their let's test this out kind of thing. They're probably not expecting super high numbers on the Thursday that the league starts, given it is a Thursday, it is a weekday, it is a workday, all that fun stuff. Um, I would have hoped that they would maybe do Friday because Friday will probably see a little bit better viewership, but obviously Saturday and Sunday are going to be the, uh, the coup de gras, if you will, um, given it's the kickoff weekend of the Overwatch League. So anyways, it is what it is there. They then also list a little bit further down the overview of overwatch league co-streaming guidelines so i'll read these out briefly all co-streamers must be of legal age in their country of residence bracket 18 years in most countries co-streaming take place on youtube overwatch league sponsors or sponsored segments may not be altered covered or cut away from co-streamers may not run ads during the broadcast co-streamers may have stream sponsors as long as they do not conflict with overwatch league sponsors co-streamers must be willing to share select viewership data with the overwatch league upon request Co-streams will be monitored by the Overwatch League to ensure all guidelines are upheld, including maintaining a positive environment and moderated chat. We reserve the right to remove co-streamers from the program at any time. So overall, not too crazy. There's a few sort of interesting quirks in there. Um, I, I find some of the sponsorship stuff is interesting. The Overwatch League sponsors or sponsored segments may not be altered, covered, or cut away from. They obviously haven't announced any sponsors yet. As far as I know, if you look on the Overwatch League site, they still don't have any sponsors listed, which is a little bit suspicious. Not to say that they don't have sponsors. I'm sure they do. I can't imagine a league as big as uh, the Overwatch League just being completely, you know, devoid of any sponsors at this very moment. Um, but... They don't have any announced. So it's really hard to say what exactly we're going to be seeing. You know, uh, there there is an element of, if you will, cheese when it comes to a lot of these sponsorships. Um, you know, cheese, right? Right? You get what I'm doing there? Anyways, um, so it's a little bit interesting that that's the case. Then they also say co-streamers may not run ads during the broadcast. So I know on Twitch, that's a thing. I'm not too familiar with the YouTube streaming uh, community. So I'm not too sure how prevalent that is. But then they also say co-streamers may have stream sponsors as long as they don't conflict with Overwatch League sponsors. So that's also interesting because that kind of tells me they don't want uh, maybe competing sponsors, but they probably more likely don't want sort of any sponsors that might be a little more risque or might have, you know, a little bit of a an interesting or, or a checkered, if you will, background in terms of the companies that that uh, streamers are dealing with. Um, I like, for example, I would suspect if you have a sponsorship with, and this is probably a dramatic uh, uh, an example, if you have a sponsorship with some, I don't know, illicit adult toys, let's just say, then perhaps the Overwatch League might not approve you as a co-streamer because they don't even want to take the risk that that might be promoted on your co-stream. However, if they did, 
you can bet your bottom dollar you would not be okay to uh, promote that product during your co-stream. So that's probably what they're trying to do there. Given how moderated this seems like it's going to be, I suspect, like I say, that's not going to slip through the cracks. I suspect they're reviewing every application. And there's probably minimum requirements they have in order for them to even look at your application, in all honesty. As with, you know, many things kind of thing. Kind of many things like this, I should say. Um, you know, the the point about willing to share select viewership data, that's not too too crazy. Um, you know, obviously they want to know what's what's being what stats and what metrics are coming through, um, co-streams being monitored. I actually kind of think that's good because that means they hopefully will have their finger on the pulse if things go off the rails, if a streamer is uh, not the most friendly or or welcoming person to have uh, promoting your game and your league. And then they also reserve the right to remove co-streamers from the program at any time. So again, that all feeds back into exactly what I've been talking about. So overall, not too crazy. Um, like I say, a few little quirks here and there. I think obviously, again, if they were doing this on Twitch, probably going to reach a lot more people, probably be a lot bigger of an audience. But hey, that's the state of the league. They still have that YouTube gaming uh, partnership, I think, runs until the end of this season, after this season. Um, who knows what will happen with uh, the streaming rights? Who knows if they will renew that contract with, the, uh, with YouTube gaming or not? Um, potentially move back to Twitch. Hard to say what will happen there, especially given the whole uh, Microsoft purchase of Activision Blizzard and everything like that. The timing of things kind of works out a little bit perfectly with this deal ending. Likely as that deal kind of starts to starts to bear fruit um, in some ways and shapes and forms. So there you have it. Now, enough about co-streaming. Uh, I actually did not even apply for the co-streaming. Uh, I, I did not send in an application because A... I don't think I can necessarily dedicate the time to purely just, hey, I'm going to sit down and watch a day's worth of the Overwatch League. Um, you know, obviously, given I have a family and a small, small child running around, my weekends are usually full with uh, entertaining her and everything like that. So I doubt that I'll be able to sit down and give my full attention to a lot of these uh, these games as I honestly would love to, but at the same time, you know, bigger priorities, that kind of thing. So anyways, I'll catch the games on my own time as I can, and uh, of course, you'll hear about them here. Moving on from there, let's jump on over to .esports.com. I think that's where we were before, isn't it? Yes, uh, and this time, we've got another article by Ethan Garcia, so two in a row. This time on April 22nd, the article reads, XE returns from retirement, joins Florida Mayhem for 2022 Overwatch League season. I'm very excited about this. The start of the 2022 Overwatch League season... Uh, Overwatch League is in just under two weeks, and teams across the two divisions are putting the finishing touches on their rosters to prepare for the start of professional play in Overwatch 2. After the sudden departure of Mirror from the Florida Mayhem, the organization officially revealed today that Exe will be joining the team as its hitscan DPS player. This will mark the first time Exe has played in the Overwatch League since he announced his retirement early last year due to a medical condition. They've then got the tweet embedded there from the Florida Mayhem announcing Exe joining the squad. The article continues, Exe made his OWL debut in 2020 alongside the Paris Eternal, following two years of competition in the Contenders Korea scene with Element Mystic. He was previously announced to be joining the Dallas Fuel for the 2021 season, but was forced to step away due to worsening aspects of his health that hampered his ability to compete professionally. Exe made an unexpected return to professional Overwatch in late 2021 to compete in a season of Contenders North America with Solaris, bringing back his iconic Cassidy to the stage that earned him a spot as an MVP candidate in the 2020 
Owl season. Now Exe gets his first chance to compete in the Overwatch League in two years, complete with a new game where his go-to hero has received some notable changes. The Florida Mayhem roster now consists of DPS Checkmate, Hydron, and Exe, supports Sir Majed, Animo, and Kareev, and Tank Adam. They are set to start their season against the Atlanta Reign on May the 5th. Now, bear with me one second while I pull up the roster list here. I could have swore. Yeah, I am correct. Florida Mayhem also have someone as a tank there. When I read just Adam there, I was thinking, isn't someone missing from that list? <laughs> That's funny, because it was literally someone. Anyways, um, they do have a pretty full roster at this point, especially with Eggsy. Uh, You know, the only roles they only have one player on are Flex DPS and Main Support. Obviously, we have heard that Main Support is going to be maybe a little limited. Now, that could all be rumors, but who knows, especially given now that people are playing Overwatch 2. I think there is some... Uh, some hype around some of the main supports at least that said we obviously also can infer certain things from what we've been seeing um come out in this beta for example one thing that i would like to note is in this beta i think it's been found that there's a uh, a glitch with mercy where her ult her valkyrie isn't quite working as as uh, it should i believe now what's supposed to happen is when she uses her healing beam while she's using valkyrie it actually chains to uh uh, teammates nearby and if i'm not mistaken same goes for her damage and i think her damage boost is actually doing that but as far as i understand her her healing beam is not now if you read between the lines there the fact that we're not learning this until the beta either implies that something changed that broke that from alpha to beta or the pros hadn't actually found that in the alpha which implies that they're not playing her a lot so given that information It'll be interesting to see how much main support play we get, regardless of getting off topic here. They also only have one player on flex DPS, but again, they have Hydron and Exe both on hitscan. Uh, there's a chance that there could be some cross-pollination there, um, with Exe being such a stellar hitscan DPS, and uh, honestly, with the hype around Hydron, I don't know if there will be. I don't know if they will both be competing for those spots on the uh, on the roster, or... Uh, I guess, competing for that playtime. But I digress. I'm excited to see Exe returning. I'm really excited to see him coming to Florida, given Florida is one of my teams. So there you have it. That's the hype around Exe. Now, moving on. This time, we're going to hop over to PCGamer.com with an article by Andy Chalk, published also on April 22nd. This article reads, Overwatch League season start delayed by COVID-19 resurgence. The East region will begin its season two weeks later than planned because of the, quote, COVID situation happening in China. The Overwatch League has announced that due to, quote, the COVID situation happening in China right now, end quote, the beginning of the 2022 season in the East region is being delayed by two weeks and will get underway on May 20th. The change will impact the Chinese teams Chengdu Hunters, Guangzhou Charge, Hangzhou Spark, and Shanghai Dragons, as well as the U.S. teams Los Angeles Valiant, New York Excelsior, and Philadelphia Fusion, and the South Korean team Seoul Dynasty. Now, I actually think that's incorrect. I don't think this is going to affect New York Excelsior, given New York has moved from the eastern region to the western region. I'm a little disappointed in you, Andy Chalk. I, I trusted you here. Anyways... Um, where, where was I in the article? The West region will not be impacted by the change and will begin the season on May 5th as originally scheduled. Quote, we'll be delaying the East schedule two weeks until May 20th, end quote. Overwatch League head Sean Miller said in a video update released today, quote, so all 21 matches will still be played, but across two weeks and with both regions kickoff clash tournaments taking place in June, end quote. 
the fate of live Overwatch League events also seems somewhat less than certain right now. Blizzard began cancelling Overwatch League events in early 2020 at the start of the pandemic before transitioning to online-only play for the remainder of the season. It attempted to ease back into live events in 2021, but plans for in-person events for the 2021 playoffs ultimately fell off. Blizzard will try again this year with three live events currently scheduled to take place in the West, the Battle for Texas between the Houston Outlaws and Dallas Fuel at the start of the season on May 6th, and two regional tournaments being hosted by the Dallas Fuel and Toronto Defiant. Quote, Given the rapidly changing COVID conditions, we're exploring the best avenues for global competitions this year, with the goal of returning to LAN events, Miller said. So depending on what's possible, safety and fair competition are always going to remain our top priorities as we look to build the most exciting thing we can do, end quote. More details will be revealed in the coming weeks, he added. Miller noted that this will be the first live appearance of the Overwatch League in Toronto, but the situation could be complicated by Canadian COVID-19 vaccination rules. The Major League Baseball team Boston Red Sox will be forced to leave behind players who aren't vaccinated when it plays in Toronto next week, for instance. The Red Sox are also currently dealing with an outbreak of the virus. China has been grappling with a major resurgence of COVID-19 cases in recent weeks, resulting in weeks-long lockdowns in Shanghai, a city of 25 million people. Municipal authorities recently tightened restrictions in an aggressive pursuit of a zero-COVID strategy, but residents are reported, reportedly growing angry with the strategy. A Guardian report says many in the city are facing loss of income and shortages of food and other essentials, while large numbers of residents have been ordered to relocate so their neighborhoods could be disinfected. All that last stuff about about Canadian COVID nineteen vaccination rules, the uh, the MLB, uh, Boston Red Sox, and China, um, it threw me a little bit in the article. There, I wasn't was not expecting all that. Um, but hey, I I guess that's context. Um, sure, why not? Anyways, the takeaway here is that uh, the Eastern regions will be delayed a little bit. Obviously, as they mentioned there. They're still planning to hold these matches. They're not planning to full-on cancel yet, uh, just trying to delay. I do question how much of an impact, you know, this two-week delay will really make. But hopefully um, it's enough. Hopefully it's enough to get these teams comfortable um, and, and, you know, quell whatever is brewing over there. I would just like to mention that, hey, you know, COVID's not over. Um, and it is still a consideration in many, many places, even if it's not where you currently are, or especially not in places like Texas. But I digress. It is what it is. Hopefully we get a full season. Hopefully we get live in-person events. And hopefully everything goes as planned and swimmingly. We're going to jump on over to sportsnot.com this time with an article that I think is by Bill Streich, although I could be wrong because I think that's just crediting the picture that they have on the article here. And if I scroll down to the bottom of the, the article here, I actually don't even see anyone. I don't see a name on this article. Field level media, maybe? That seems strange. Anyways, I'm going to read this article. Sometimes I like to grab from sources that I don't normally go to just to, you know, give some exposure, um, you know, put out some other names there. I like to try and share the wealth, try and build the knowledge to my what is my tiny audience and everything like that. Um, hopefully expose you to some new writers and new reporters and new uh, new outlets and things like that. So anyways, this is from, as I mentioned, sportsnot.com. Published on April 26th, an article by someone, which reads, London Spitfire adds support... No, sorry, I already screwed it up. London Spitfire adds support Landon to roster. The London Spitfire signed Landon, Landon McGee for the upcoming Overwatch League season. The 20-year-old American support player excelled at the collegiate level with Northwood University and most recently competed with Solaris in Overwatch Contenders. 
The season kicks off May 5th, and London's first game is on May 6th against the San Francisco Shock. Landon replaces uh, Flex Support Provide, who parted ways with the team earlier this month following a reported code of conduct violation. I, I honestly, I did go with this article because it's short, it's sweet, it's to the point, and I like it because of that. Um, so this leaves London's roster with two tanks, three hitscan DPS, no flex DPS uh, named at least, main support Admiral, and flex support Landon. So what was already looking like a bit of a... I don't even know what to call it. A bit of a minimal season for the London Spitfire is now looking a little bit more dire even. Um, with them pulling in Landon, I think this was largely, I mean, obviously it was largely due to necessity. They needed someone who already had a visa They needed, or was able to work in the States, which is where London is playing out of this uh, this time. They needed someone who could travel, who could come in on short notice and things like that. And Landon fit the bill. Um, I do like the fact that it is Landon on London. Um, Paris, of course, tweeted in response to this announcement on Twitter, something like, does this mean we need to sign someone named Porus? Because, you know, Paris, Porus, London, Landon. Anyways, I thought that was funny. It made me chuckle. That's what you got there. Um, good luck to all you London fans, because I think most people's uh, power rankings are not in your favor this season. Let's jump on over to Forbes.com with an article this time by Chris Holt on April 27th, which reads, Overwatch 2 sets Twitch viewership records thanks to beta access drops. It's been a massive couple of days in the world of Overwatch. The day after the Overwatch 2 PvP beta event pop-up went live, Blizzard ran a pretty significant drops campaign with a bunch of streamers that guaranteed viewers access to the beta. It proved successful, to say the least. They've then got a tweet embedded by the official Overwatch account, which says, about to get real. Together, we reached over 1.5 million concurrent views, the highest day ever for Overwatch on Twitch. Let's go. And a nice image with Sojourn on it there, of course, Canadian hero. Thanks for grouping up with us. Highest day ever on Twitch, Overwatch 2. The article continues, concurrent viewership of Twitch channels that were streaming Overwatch 2 and Overwatch topped out at over 1.5 million. That's a new record for the franchise. Before streamers were allowed to start showing beta gameplay on Tuesday, the previous concurrent viewership record of 439,152 had stood since the opening day of the Overwatch League's inaugural season in January 2018. Clearly, there was a lot of interest from players who want to check out the beta. They needed to watch four hours of certain streams over an eight-hour period to get guaranteed access. It could be that some people just wanted to see what all the fuss with Overwatch 2 was about, but the drops were undoubtedly a big factor. Today's massive upsurge in Twitch viewership makes one thing abundantly clear. Overwatch was never a dead game. Dormant? Arguably. But never truly dead. If you didn't get a beta invite earlier this week and you missed out on getting into the beta, don't worry. Not only will there be more betas in the coming months, the Overwatch League will give away blah blah blah. Okay, spoilers, spoilers for upcoming article. Anyways, there you have it. Um, wanted to bring this one to the table, obviously, because as, was it Chris? As Chris Holt points out there, was the game dead? No, it was not. Take that, haters. Was it dormant? Arguably but never truly dead. I like I like how he phrased that. So anyways, great to see this kind of participation. Um, I know I was in, uh, I was watching one of my favorite streamers. His name is Daniel Fenner. I believe he's a top 500 uh, uh, support player. Um, I watch him semi-regularly. Um, he, he hadn't been playing Overwatch too, too much uh, recently. He, he has, you know, regularly played Overwatch for a long time now, um, but he eventually sort of, 
fell off. He started jumping over to Apex and playing with a few other games, but he obviously got uh, got to be one of the streamers with drops this time around, and he uh, he was featured there, and I got my drops, even though I had actually gotten into the beta uh, before that. I should also mention, uh, again, I'm typically a console player, so I actually don't currently have a computer that allows me to play Overwatch. So um, I have not played the beta, but I've watched a ton of it, and I've uh, obviously read a lot about it, and streamers, and etc., cetera, etc., cetera. and at this point, I mean, I have double beta access because I got in, and then I also watched Daniel for at least four hours and got a drop from there and claimed it, and etc., cetera, etc., cetera. so... Anyways, really exciting stuff. Um, I didn't pull an article on this, but there was a significant drop-off the next day. Um, I believe it was back down to, like, sub-10,000, which is pretty severe, going from 1.5 million down to that few, uh, or that small of a number. But I think what this indicates is we will see a pretty significant uptick as the Overwatch League kicks off again this upcoming weekend. And, of course, as our next article is going to cover... There's a little bit more incentive to watch the start of the Overwatch League. So let's head on over to theloadout.com. Again, another website that I don't know that I've ever read from before. This time, an article by Lee Brady on April 28th, which reads, Overwatch League to offer 1,500 Overwatch 2 beta codes per hour. The Overwatch 2 beta is finally out there, but it hasn't been smooth sailing for everyone looking to play it. Eager gamers have been scrambling to figure out how to access the beta after a campaign on April 27th had viewers watching Twitch for beta codes, beta code drops from streamers, with many reporting difficulties getting in and even more missing the brief 8-hour window entirely. In response, the Overwatch League has offered an alternative to the Twitch drops by promising to give out 1,500 Overwatch 2 beta codes per hour to viewers of the opening weekend of the esports 5th season. The opening weekend will kick off on May 5th at 4 p.m. ET slash 8 p.m. GMT with a live event hosted via the Overwatch League's YouTube channel and matches will continue until Toronto Defiant play Houston Outlaws on May 8th at 8.30 p.m. ET slash 12.30 p.m. GMT. Viewers will need to have a YouTube account that is paired with their Battle.net account to be eligible to win a code and gain access to the beta. The details for doing which have been made available in the Overwatch League website. The beta is set to end on May 17th, so this comes as the last chance for those who missed out the first time around. Overwatch players looking to earn bonus skins for their favorite Overwatch League teams in-game can also earn Overwatch League tokens while watching from a paired account over the opening weekend. These tokens accrue every hour and players can earn double the tokens for tuning into the following opening matches. Los Angeles Gladiators vs. New York Excelsior, Vancouver Titans vs. Boston Uprising, Washington Justice vs. Toronto Defiant, Florida Mayhem vs. Paris Eternals. That's interesting. It's not. It's it's eternal, not eternals. Anyways, given that this season's Overwatch League will be showcasing an early build of Overwatch 2, it's understandable why Blizzard would want to give viewers a chance to earn access to the early build for themselves. It also tracks that seeing as the Overwatch League still doesn't have any major sponsors going into the 2022 season, the potential of earning beta code drops for viewers should bring new eyeballs to the stream and help drum up viewership numbers in time for the company's next big sponsorship bid. While the rest of us wait until the league starts for our next shot at gaining access to Overwatch 2, the Overwatch 2 beta, at least we can still watch streamers like XQC uncovering map exploits and feel like we're testing the beta vicariously. Those who plan to watch the Overwatch League regardless will instead be hawkishly eyeing the upcoming schedule as the countdown to next season finally draws to a close. So there you have it. Um, as I mentioned or hinted at a couple times there, uh, that's the story about how to get into the Overwatch 2 beta still. Um, obviously, you've got, at this point, to, you've got to wait just a touch, just a little bit. Um, 
as uh, as the uh, league doesn't technically kick off until Friday, and that's when you'll have that chance to be one of the lucky 1,500 per hour. Um, given, I think, matches start, well, like they said there, matches start, I think, uh, local time, 12.30, 1.30, something like that in the afternoon for me, um, and they run usually until 7, 8, 9 p.m., that kind of thing, depending on how long they go and if they go into overtime and things like that. Um, there's quite a few being given out. I think this is a great way that they will draw in some viewership. Um, what's really going to be interesting is how they, or if they can maintain that. Um, I know I was already talking to someone at work uh, just today, and they were interested, but they didn't know about this. So I told them about it, and they said, you know what, they'll definitely be checking it out, hopefully getting that beta access going for themselves. So if you didn't know, get in there, figure it out, hopefully get yourself a beta code. Now we're going to jump back over to Forbes.com with another article by Chris Holt, this time posted on April 29th, which reads, Overwatch League Pick'em predictions are back for 2022 with big cash prizes on the line. Amid all the hubbub of the Overwatch 2 beta, it's worth remembering that the Overwatch League is about to kick off its fifth season. Man, Forbes loves to pop up with that, hey, please subscribe thing. Uh, the Overwatch League is about to kick off its fifth season on May 5th. That's exciting too. Beyond the small matter of beta keys being given away during the opening weekend and seeing pros play the Overwatch 2, no, it doesn't say Overwatch. Play Overwatch 2. One element that's returning this year is Overwatch League Pick'em Predictions, which includes the chance to win some serious cash. There are a bunch of prizes and rewards at stake this year. For one thing, you'll be able to earn Overwatch League tokens for certain matches. There will be a contest for each of the four tournament cycles. The first prize for each will receive a real live loot box as part of a gift set. Those who finish between 1st and 10th place will re receive cash prizes as well, though be sure to check the terms and conditions to find out if you're eligible. There will also be perfect and best bracket contests again in 2022. The Overwatch League has run a perfect bracket contest for the last couple of seasons, and it's always fun to see how long it takes for everyone's bracket to get busted. This year, there will be a bracket contest for mid-season madness. If you defy the odds and complete a perfect bracket, you can win $50,000. There's also a more realistic $5,000 for uh, prize for the best bracket. If you're able to build a perfect bracket for grand finals, you can win a $100,000 prize. And there's a $10,000 or there's $10,000 up for grabs for the best bracket too. Although it's very unlikely that anyone will complete a perfect bracket, it's fun to dream. And hey, the only way you're guaranteed to lose is by not creating a pick'em bracket at all. So why not try? So there you go. Wanted to bring that one up because of course, once we get through our news stories here, we're going to do our pick'ems for this week, which is great because it's been a long time since we did pickums. It's been a long time since we looked at the schedule and I can't wait. So let's move on. Let's get through these news articles so that we can move on to our pickums. Hey, all right, we're going to head over to doubletap.com or dbltap.com. Article this time posted on May 1st, written by Caleb Leisure. Los Angeles Valiant 2022 releases roster update. The Overwatch League team Los Angeles Valiant has just released their newest roster for the 2022 season, featuring a host of players from a variety of pro Overwatch teams. However, the tweet relating to the new roster received mixed reviews from the team's fans. The new roster is made up of seasoned pros from the previous season, previous team, including Hangzhou Sparks, Sashin and Coldest, Shanghai Dragons, Innovation, Dia, and Easyhan. Bravos Gaming, Becky, Chengdu Hunters, Langsa, Fantasy Gaming, Hacker, 
The team has also added a new assistant coach by the name of Haru to help boost the team's skills and training sessions. While the reveal of a new team to a loyal fanbase is usually one for excitement, this time around there was some skepticism regarding the new team. The fans liked the team members themselves, as the majority are previously established pros, but the biggest source of concern was the team's final composition. Was the team composition, sorry. Currently the composition is made up of one tank, five DPS, and two supports. Fans were quick to point out the major flaws with having a copious amount of DPS as opposed to a measly single tank. This means that during a competition, the whole team has to rely on a single tank rather than the regular team composition of two for each class. This leaves the team open to taking a lot more damage without enough heal health to soak it up. Sorry, I had my mouse in the way. Overall, though, despite the weird composition, Valiant seemed to be a group of seasoned pros who seemed dedicated and willing to push through the season. While the composition isn't well-liked, there's no denying that the team is certainly skilled enough to have a good shot of winning during the season. Now, obviously, again, looking at our power rankings from this season, uh, my personal power rankings actually had the Valiant in second last place. If I look at the rest of, as I mentioned before, Ready, Set, Pwn, the, uh, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant, the other podcast that I'm on, um, if I look at my other host member, uh, host members' power rankings, um, they also put the Los Angeles Valiant in second to last place, only beating out the London Spitfire, which meant that our aggregated rankings uh, for the team or for the uh, league as a whole put London in last and the Los Angeles Valiant in second last. Does this change anything? I don't really think so. Um, it kind of creates a lot more confusion because holy cow, do they do they have a wild roster at this point? You know, eight players. I, I mean, the article that I read there from Double Tap is a little, uh, I don't know what to call it, speculative in that it suggests that every team should have two, two, and two, which is certainly not the case um, for most teams, I think. A lot of teams have two tanks, two supports, and then some combination of two and one, I would say, on the DPS side of things, it does make sense to stack your DPS, given there are the most uh, DPS characters and the fewest uh, support and tank characters. But again, overall, it's a very confusing composition, and I think that's the point. Um, it's very odd to have one tank and five DPS players with a single main support and a single flex support. That's right, they don't even have, you know, two flex support and, and one main support or two main support, one flex support. They actually have one, 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 and then five. Um, which again, that five is a little inflated because it does break down between hitscan and flex DPS. So it's actually three and two, um, which doesn't make it crazy. It could be two and two. And I don't think, I mean, that's what it was until they had a recently announced a uh, hacker. I forget who was the most recent announcement. But anyways, it's, it's weird. Who knows what LA is doing? We'll see what they can do this season, but I don't think many people are are thinking too too highly of them but it is what it is and there you have it that's all our news for for this this episode um that does mostly cover the past two weeks as is the case um during the off season i typically rotate to an every two week uh schedule in the past i was doing the off weeks from the ready set pwn podcast now both podcasts will be switching back to a weekly format and that is of course to cover uh the league's games as they happen so this episode will be posting on wednesday may 4th and your next episode of one man watchpoint will be posting on wednesday may 11th now Next week's episode is going to be a bit of an abridged episode. Um, it's not, it's going to be a full length as I will be inserting part of something 
that we did on Ready, Set, Pwn into that podcast. Um, so, of course, if you do follow both of these podcasts that I'm on, um, you'll have already heard a good chunk of next week's episode in that one. However, um, this week's episode should be a normal episode, given this is our our, our big Overwatch League Season 5 kickoff episode. So, here we go. Uh, without further ado, I think it's time to move on to our next segment, which I can't wait to intro. But I'm going to get to in a second here. Wait for it. Wait for it. I'm on fire! Well, you know what I mean. Alright, so this segment is where we would normally go into the Overwatch League 2022 off-season trade tracker. Now, of course, we are on May 2nd here with the next season of the Overwatch League. The fifth season of the Overwatch League. Hashtag OWL2022 kicking off. At the time you're hearing this, in one day, really, in, in slightly more than 24 hours. Um, of course, at the time of recording this, I am recording it on Monday night, May the 2nd. So we are still a few days out in my mind, but let's just get in the, let's get in the mind space. Let's get in the head zone that we have less than, let's call it 24 hours before the kickoff of Season 5 of the Overwatch League. That means I can officially move away from looking at the Overwatch League 2022 off-season trade tracker presented to you by DottieSports.com's Liz Richardson. Um, follow her because she's a great reporter of the Overwatch League. I can finally close the book on that. Obviously, we had a few few stories about signings in, in this, past, uh, this past episode, but I digress. We're closing that book. We are moving on, and it's time to once again do our Overwatch League pickums. So this time around, I am logged into my account here, my, my Blizzard, my Battle.net account. I'm looking at the pickums, and I'm going to start here with Thursday, May 5th. So first, we are going to be having the Los Angeles Gladiators take on the New York Excelsior, which means, realistically, I should pull up the rosters and take a look at what we're dealing with here. So the New York Excelsior, we have Kellen and Vulcan on tank. Oh, I actually didn't even see an article on this. Uh, New York Excelsior recently announced that Vulcan is joining them as, as a tank. So they definitely held out uh, announcing for quite a while there, but I don't believe I mentioned that. So they now have two tanks. They have one hitscan DPS. They have one flex DPS and they have two flex supports. Um, does this really change my thoughts and my power rankings? Uh, placing them, where the heck did I place them? I placed them not too high on the list. Over here in 12th position, uh, looks like my co-hosts post uh, placed them. One put them in 11th, one put them down in 15th, which meant our aggregate rankings placed them as well in 11th. So I put them in 12th. Um, and of course, they're facing off against the Los Angeles Gladiators, who I actually have finishing in fourth. Uh, my co-hosts both had them in third, so that's where aggregate ranking, rankings place them. I digress. Los Angeles Gladiators are going to win this. How drastically are they going to win it by? It's very hard to say. I'm going to call the first game of the season, Thursday, May 5th, at 1 p.m. I believe this is, yep, Mountain Time. A 3-0 for the Los Angeles Gladiators. Moving on from there, we're going to have the Paris Eternal facing off against the San Francisco Shock. Paris, of course, running a very similar roster to what they had in this previous season, which, if I'm looking at the list here, looks like Don and Vestola on tank, Glister on hitscan, Naga on flex, 
uh, DPS, Dredro on main support, and Khan on flex support. A bit of a bare-bones roster, uh, one person on each role with the exception of the tank role. I placed Paris pretty low, if I'm being realistic here. Um, I placed them... Hang on one sec while I adjust these columns. I actually have Paris placing 16th, which is not looking great for them, honestly, and San Francisco placing 6th. So to me, San Francisco is going to win this. Um, I could see San Francisco not necessarily coming out of the gate swinging, given they do have a, you know, 95%, 90% entirely new roster. The only returning member of the San Francisco Shock of old is, of course, Violet, but they do have the crusty factor. They do have their coaching staff in the energy system, which I think has proven that it, you know, mostly works and drives results. Um, whereas Paris, we know, operates on a little bit more of a bare-bones budget and is a little bit smaller of an organization, maybe a lot. Do I give Paris one? I'm going to give Paris one. I'm going to go for the coward's answer and say San Francisco takes it three to one. Moving on from there, with the Atlanta Reign against the Florida Mayhem. In my mind, this is a match to watch. Um, do I necessarily think that this is going to be the match to watch? Uh, not necessarily the match to watch, but I think this is going to be a good one. Um, I'm very excited to see the Florida Mayhem this year. Um, and I do think the Atlanta Reign have built a solid, solid team. I have Atlanta in sixth and uh, Florida in 14th. Now, I do think from what I've heard, the rumors the rumors around the block is that Florida might actually have some pretty serious punch-up potential. Um, like I'm talking, I want to say ninth or 10th from where I positioned them. Um, maybe even as high as eighth, which is pretty awesome given that would be one position behind Atlanta. I'm going to say, I'm going to give Florida the edge here because, again, they're one of my teams. I'm not going to undercut Atlanta, though. I'm going to give it to Florida, 3-2. I'm going to say that's a long one. So that closes out Thursday uh, with our first game at 1 p.m. Mountain Time with the LA Gladiators beating the New York Excelsior, 3-0. At 2.30 Mountain Time, the San Francisco Shock beating the Paris Eternal, 3-1. And, of course, at 4 p.m. Mountain Time with the Florida Mayhem beating the Atlanta Reign, 3-2. So let's move on to Friday, May 6th. Games start at 1 p.m. Again, very similar schedule. With the San Francisco Shock taking on the London Spitfire. I'm giving it to San Francisco 3-0. I'm not even going to think about that too much. We then at 2.30 have the Vancouver Titans taking on the Boston Uprising. Now, if I look at my rankings, I actually have Boston down in 17th and Vancouver in 15th. I do think this is going to be a fairly even matchup, although my insider sources tell me that the Vancouver Titans might have some punch-up potential. So... I'm going to give this one to Vancouver. I think I would have given it to Vancouver regardless. I'm going to say it's going to be a pretty decent match, but I'm going to give it to them three. Ooh, how much credit do I want to give Boston? I'm going to say they're pretty even playing fields. I'm going to give it to Vancouver three to two. After that, 4 p.m., we have the Battle for Texas, the first Battle for Texas of the season, with the Houston Outlaws taking on the Dallas Fuel. Now, in my mind, Dallas is going to take this, so I'm going to give it to them for three. How many do I give the Houston Outlaws. They've got Piggy on tank. They've got Merritt on hit scan. They've got Dante Pelican on, Pelican on flex DPS. And they've got Iris and Lastro both on flex support with no actual main support listed. So, 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 so. Their DPS line is pretty cracked. I enjoy Piggy on Sigma, but I don't think most of what I've been hearing or seeing is that Sigma is going to be all that meta. Although I've had some, some earth-shaking revelations this, this past day or so that I won't mention right now. I'm giving it to Dallas for sure. Three, 
I'll take the coward's way out and give Houston one. Do I think it'll be that disappointing of a showing for Houston? That's the real question. You know what? I do, because I think I think Dallas, I mean, I have them second overall in my power rankings. I have Houston down in ninth um, with, you know, the highest a co-host of mine ranked it, ranked them in seventh. So I'm going to lock it in there. Moving on to Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. Saturday, the big day, although not the day with uh, the most matches, actually. So Saturday, we also have three matches, kicking things off with the Washington Justice facing off against the Toronto Defiant. Now, again, one of my teams, Toronto Defiant, um, and also I'm a relative hater of the Washington Justice. I'm giving this one to Toronto, although I don't. I only have them separated by two spots in my power rankings. Um, most of my co-hosts actually ranked Washington significantly lower than Toronto. I'm not a fan of Washington. I've gone on the record saying I do not like Washington. Um, I, I definitely hold a grudge because of the uh, the shift in meta, you know, seasons ago, where the Washington Justice managed to come out on top because things shifted to a Roadhog meta. But I'm going to give it to Toronto, three to one. Next up, we have the New York Excelsior taking on the Atlanta Reign. Man, this is a tough weekend for New York. First, they get 3-0 and on the second day, and then they get 3-2. Do they get 3-0 and again? Oof, that would suck for them, wouldn't it? Los Angeles, way up there. And Atlanta, pretty significant. I think New York is going to be the big loser this weekend. <laughs> I hate to say it, but I think Atlanta is coming out on top of that one. Three to no, no, no. I'm gonna give New York some credit. It's gonna be three to one. I know, coward's way out, but I'm taking it. Next up, the Los Angeles Gladiators will three and zero the Boston Uprising. Moving on from there, we go to Sunday, where we actually have our most, uh, the highest number of matches all weekend. So we have four matches on Sunday, which means at one p.m. Mountain Time, we have the Vancouver Titans taking on the London Spitfire. Um, I do think that. Uh, Boston, I know uh, on Friday there, I gave it to Vancouver 3-2 to two against Boston. Although I think Boston and London are in, and Vancouver to an extent, are in similar categories, if you will. I think this is going to be an even easier one for Vancouver. I think I'm going to give it to them 3-1. to 3-0. Oh, man. I'll give it to them 3-1. to one. London has a good chance of being another big loser this weekend. Um given they play San Francisco <laughs> uh, the first day. So I'll give it to I'll give one to London. Moving on from there, the Florida Mayhem take on the Paris Eternal. Florida's going to 3-0 Paris. I'm giving it to them hardcore there. Then we have the Dallas Fuel 3-0-ing the Washington Justice. I do believe that could happen. Then we have a close matchup between the Houston Outlaws and the Toronto Defiant. Now, Houston, on my power rankings, are in ninth. The Toronto Defiant are in eighth. Looking at my co-hosts from Ready, Set, Pwn, they both ranked Houston one slot higher than Toronto. So I'm the opposite there. Um, actually, that's not true. Alex ranked them one slot higher than Toronto. Chris ranked them two slots higher than Toronto. Which means it's going to be close. I think we're all thinking they're on pretty even playing fields. Um, I'm going to go three three to two for the Toronto Defiant. Now, obviously, that is a bit of a, a little bit of, a, you know, uh, favoritism coming into play there, but that's what I'm doing. I'm going to save my predictions there. Saving, saving, saving. And we are all set. We are locked in with our predictions, with our pickums for the first week of season five of the Overwatch League. Ouch! Are you okay? All right. And with that, we have come to the very end of episode 71 of One Man Watchpoint. 
Thank you very much for listening. If you're a new listener, welcome. Hopefully you come back. Hopefully you enjoyed your stay. Hopefully you enjoyed your ride. Please reach out to me on the socials, which I'll dive into in a second here. But first, I'd just like to say thank you for listening to episode 71 of One Man Watchpoint and Overwatch podcast. You can, of course, find me on Twitter and Instagram at SirDrJM. You can actually find me on Twitch as well at SirDrJM. Um, I am hoping to get back into streaming a little bit here, uh, back towards the end of uh, the previous season of the Overwatch League. Um, I took some time off. I moved cities with my family. It was a whole big thing, um, and I actually haven't streamed since, so it's been quite a while. I would really like to get back into streaming um, right now, obviously, uh, I would love to get into Overwatch, but I'm kind of debating, do I pick up a new gaming rig just to just to play over the Overwatch beta and eventually Overwatch 2? I haven't decided yet. So anyways, I digress. That's where I'm at with that. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SirDrJam. Please do, and please reach out to me on those. Um, mostly on Twitter. Tweet at me, uh, DM me, whatever you've got there. I would love to interact with you. Shoot me your questions, comments, concerns, topics, ideas for the show, whatever you've got. Um, bring it to me on Twitter. I'd love to bring it to the show. Um, or leave a rating or a review on one of the many services I am on, which, of course, you can find One Man Watchpoint on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. So leave us a follow. Uh, <laughs> leave us a review. Give us a follow. Tell your friends. All that jazz. And, of course, I also encourage you to check out the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier source for everything Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant. And of course, you should definitely check out the upcoming episode, which will post on the same day as this episode. That would be May 4th. It's going to be an exciting one. We've got a special guest lined up and everything for you there. So check out One Man Watchpoint on podcast services everywhere. Check out Ready, Set, Pwn on podcast services everywhere. Thank you very much for listening to episode 71. And of course, don't forget, to check out the Overwatch League Season 5 this coming weekend. Thanks, everyone!